Hey there, welcome to episode 2 of In Conversation. My name is Drew and it's 33 degrees Celsius in Jakarta in this fall rainy season. So anyways, today's episode I decided to have a conversation with Jason on the topics of Hemingway and youth culture. We both really enjoyed recording this episode. So anyways, hope you all stay safe and enjoy the second episode of In Conversation. So this is episode two. Jason, how's what's up? Um, what's what's down there? <laughs> what's up, Andrew? Uh, well, it's actually up there because um, we're, I guess I'm in on the northern hemisphere now. But yeah, it's going good. Um, I'm glad to be back on the podcast. How about you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good, actually. Yeah, <laughs> doing good. Um, <laughs> read some essays too. Uh, also, um. What else? Shit. Well, I've been um, I'm, I've been writing too. I've been writing a lot, reading a lot of books. Uh, also had What's some happened? phone calls. How about you? Great. Wow. I've just been busy studying. Honestly, I kind of haven't been reading as much books as I wanted to. Um, yeah. I brought a book. Um, I'm like halfway there, and I've been reading it for about a month now so it's not really going good for me i mean yeah. yeah school's been it's not too bad but it's um needs, i guess i need some time to adjust to it so I'm, what what have you been reading so far um actually i've been like it's the topic of this episode um for the listeners that are um reading it's mostly i've been finishing um reading my hemingway um, my Hemingway books and I had to do that for the semester which is really which is really cool <laughs> um, yeah but I think we before we start um, I think uh, today there's a UFC match and it's so amazing today's UFC was yeah. really good <laughs> it was like last night for me and um, I guess the morning it was it was pretty cool like do you watch a lot of ufc andrew i do watch yeah like a couple of time actually next week is khabib right if i'm not mistaken or that not next week but like in a couple of weeks that's gonna be huge yeah because it's a double wager if i'm not mistaken (laughs) yeah and guess people in case people don't know i'm a pretty big fan of the ufc (laughs) i think we both like watched Joe Rogan for a while, and uh, actually, before I started um, knowing he, he had a podcast, I actually um, knew him from as a commentator of the UFC. And, oh, so Joe uh, Rogan actually brought you into UFC in a way. Yeah, and in the same way, kind of introduced me to podcast. Dang! Actually, for and me, it's the opposite. 
it's the opposite. It's like oh. I saw Joe Rogan in YouTube, and then I just realized, like, wait, he does UFC, and I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, it was good. It's really cool. Like, he's, I mean, he's such a yeah. great commentator. He has so much knowledge about different things. He's doing a lot really of different things, though. Says, but, but he's like, yeah, wow. He has so much. He has really good time management to be able to. Um, you know, commentate for the UFC, do a lot of the zone stuff, and do the podcast. Yeah. And what's crazy was like, I can't believe he has that much time on recording the podcasts every week and still do, does the uh, still does the UFC analysis. It's it's just yeah. crazy. Like the post, the pre-match. Crazy. Yeah. And like, his podcasts are like with different guests every week like i i don't know how he manages to um get those different guests and i mean i, I learn a lot personally from from some of his podcasts it's just really interesting to know yeah the, these different people and yeah. plus i love his ufc commentary on the podcast yeah so in case you guys don't know this next ufc fight if you don't know how big the stakes are one guy's undefeated 28 and 0 and this other guy He's not undefeated, but he's the closest thing there has been to a, a challenge to him. So he's, he's probably his, <laughs> his biggest challenge yet, Justin Gaethje. Um, yeah. He's an American. The other guy, the undefeated guy, is a Russian. You know, the classic matchup. That one was good. I watched it. That yeah. one was super good. Could've... We've seen the, the we've seen Khabib fight before, I guess, for the... I mean, he's a champion right now. Yeah. He's trying to. He's I'm, interim yeah, champion. Yeah. He's trying to unite the belts and be the. I'm a John Jones guy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm a John Jones guy. <laughs> a John Jones guy? Yeah, but he's not... recently moved up from light heavyweight to heavyweight. Yeah, he just he's moved. He's too good in light. He's too good in the light heavyweight division. Like no one, he's been there for like years now, and no one has ever beaten him. Because he's... Daniel Cormier is not dared. Because <laughs> Daniel Cormier Daniel isn't Cormier, there anymore. Yeah, the dude retired. Him. <laughs> the dude retired. John Jones is still he's still pretty young I guess so he's he's going over to the heavyweight division and you know that's gonna be I'm gonna be watching his fights for sure yeah <laughs> I can't wait to see John Jones at heavyweight yeah that's he, he beat Daniel Cormier twice <laughs> the the heavyweight champ so I'm gonna I'll, it'll be really exciting yeah um, yeah, can't tell. I'm really excited about all these upcoming. Yeah, and the previous. Yeah, I'm excited for this year's uh, UFC. It's like I don't know why. It's just like the newcomers or fighters coming in, and just like the pay per view and all that, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> super great. And like the new thing about this year's the Fight Island, right? What do you think about it? I think what? it's I think it's really cool. For which one? That they. That they have their fights on an, on a private island in Abu Dhabi, and they that's where they have their international fights. Dang! So they have fights. They still have fights at the Apex at Las Vegas, but they for their international fights, um, like the one with Khabib, he's from uh, Dagestan, Russia, so he can't enter the United States because of the uh, pandemic right now. So yeah, they have all their international fights. Uh, at this island 
that is so really good that is so cool like they have like a replacement (laughs) during this covid time (laughs) um yeah yeah which (laughs) that's why i think this is one of the best sports you can watch during quarantine or i guess during covid because like when else can you like watch a sport where they have a dedicated island to it like their their president like dana white is just yeah He's making all this. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah. into the main segment, which is, um, I think Hemingway. That was a nice intro. <laughs> yeah. Which is about Hemingway. Um, I think we both read his book. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think I recently, like I just said um, a couple of minutes ago, I recently just finished reading the book. And doing some analysis and stuff. And I found it so interesting about Hemingway too. So Jason, um, what is like what is the first thing that brought you to Hemingway? <laughs> like, where did you discover him? Honestly, it would be the same thing as you. It was a school assignment. Um, to read um uh, Old Man in the Sea. I think that was my first Hemingway book. That's my first introduction to him. Yeah. And um uh, Honestly, when I read it, um, I think I was in, I was in like the ninth or tenth grade. So, mm, yeah. When I read Old Man the Sea, it didn't really hit me like the next. I mean, the the other Hemingway books I read. I guess. Dang. Um, <laughs> um, for those, yeah, the next book I read by Hemingway was uh, The Sun. I think it was called The Sun Also Rises. Yeah, which I personally okay. read it, so which is cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's my favorite. Yeah, I think it's every, it's like my favorite too. Um, but it has gotten a lot of polarized reviews in the early stages. I think people were like, this is sexist in a way. And like, you know, during that time, they're like, wow. Females have to be so demanding. This is not right, and all that. And now, in this modern era, yeah. it it's so relatable. It's so relatable to this day. Yeah. Like even reading it from, like yeah, like you agree, right? And even reading it from, um, um, Hemingway's perspective on Brett, like just showing her masculinity is just like, dude, that is so relatable. But I'm a male, but I'm like. Dude, this is this is so relatable. Like the way she acts is like, this is what a man would do. <laughs> it just feels wrong, but it also feels real because I see a couple of female friends that have done it. I was actually surprised that when I read the book, I'm surprised that it was written. I think it was slightly after World War One, mm-hmm. and yeah. yet it's very current. Uh, and yeah, he was really. I feel like really ahead of his time writing. I mean, not ahead of his time, but he really revolutionized um, this type of uh, literature. And yeah, it's just really something different from the time. Mm. I think it's just like, the uh, movement is so, I think the movement just grow. I think before everyone is, I would say like did the research, everyone was kind of close-minded, you know, um, they were born in this certain pam- um, family setting and just like, you can't express yourself. And today, in today's 
age now young people um are now like fully aware to express themselves and never be judged <laughs> and um yeah yeah i guess this book it's is hard. positive yeah it's a it's totally a positive for me i mean if you haven't read it you should and before i get into like an definitely <laughs> like before i get into an in-depth um description of this book um one one reason why you should read it is okay just just to put it in like simple form it's a vibe yeah it's okay, a this vibe. book is a vibe it's it really uh i can't really okay now the more in-depth i think the way he writes it i mean he he writes um the sun also rises um is very revolutionary um mm-hmm. it's because he used this uh, form of he's really straight to the point yeah with a lot of uh with a with this writing so it it moves really quickly there's not so much description but it's just a lot of dialogue yeah the characters are always moving and interacting with each other it just goes really quickly and i really like that because uh um what hemingway i mean why hemingway does this i mean what i learned from uh reading hemingway I mean, what my teacher said is that mm, yeah um the reason he doesn't really focus much on details but keeps going is for us the readers to piece together in our in our head yeah so we built this world and we built um the the setting of the story in our head uh, based on all the points and all the steps he gives in the book yeah i definitely agree with you on that point it's like um hemingway really just I know he just straights it to the point in a way like he directs it to the reader but also like um he wants the reader to actually like analyze in his own view in a way is just like he's probably I think he's a realist um he's a realist person a realist writer which is crazy because most writers are like they set their political sides like away and their like views but yeah. Hemingway just like um he just like this is the act of a man this is the act of the female this is what he does this is what the male does and this is his mistake and why it led to that downfall of their relationship and he did it in that in just like a few words <laughs> yeah i i agree it's really realistic the way he writes it because it's uh i think it's set after World War One, too, so he's he's basically writing from his experience, I guess, at the time, which mm-hmm. uh, I, I learned the setting was very um, depressing, I guess, because after the world after World War One, there was a, a lot of people died. Um, yeah. It was the first war to really have modern weapons mm-hmm. in it, so it really showed it was really devastating, both uh, to um, the countries and just to how much things got destroyed and also to the soldiers who came back. And I think um, a few characters on the, I mean, in the book were, uh, they were, they were soldiers in World War One. Yeah. Right? I mean, they served in the war and mm-hmm. you could tell that they were not over it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, actually yeah, a few characters, both uh, the male and the female, they served in the war. Some of them met in the war. and you could tell that 
after the war, they weren't really the same. So a, a view that I, uh, a worldview that I learned from this book was um, a view called uh, existentialism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess it's kind of like realism. Like you said, it's yeah about, it's basically how they feel after losing so much, after losing their friends, losing mm-hmm. their uh, their belongings and, just everything kinda, and trying to find yeah, the character that sole purpose which is i agree yeah 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 and i they, think hemingway did it go, go ahead <laughs> yeah i think hemingway did it in a way that's um i would say he did it that's like natural like you said i feel like mo- the the reader supposed to feel this loneliness and this brokenness of the world and um, I think I remember my first impression of Hemingway was like, I was like, this dude is a misogynist. <laughs> I was like, this dude is a misogynist. Why does he attack women like this? Why does he attack me like this? It doesn't make any sense. Why? And I know it's like in my heart that I know it's like, it's true because, you know, like I believe that we're, we believe that we're in the same Christian, like we're in the same religion. Like we believe in the same values that yes, the world is broken and it's imperfect. And, um, and I believe in that, but I was like kind of skeptical about it. So like my teacher, um, gave me this poem, which is by Ernest Hemingway, which is called along with Youth," which is the title episode, but also September 18 by Amy Lowell, which talks about the world war, which is a little bit similar because the book that I'm reading, Sun Also Rises, was talking about a person returning from war, <laughs> trying to find this, this, this first person of love, which, which is really cool um, that my teacher did it. And yeah, got a shout out to Mr. Mr. Mike, you know, he's really good. <laughs> gotta yeah. Sh- gotta I, shout out. I really, I really like, um, the sun also rises. It's just uh, a little uh, short summary of it. I guess it's about a yeah, like a it's a writer who returned from war. Well, he was a soldier in the war, and mm-hmm. yeah, the writer. And uh, just it's just a vibe. Yeah, definitely go check it out. Yeah, it's definitely the vibe um, to go check it out. Um, <laughs> because I think after we're reading this. I think, um, I don't know, the views of upbringing, like the way, like our living upbringing, which I know most of the people that are listening to this probably come from wealthy families or probably middle-aged class or in the middle class. Um, like people, people just we know. Yeah. And I feel like the stereotype type of way, like, oh, you got to set this plan. You got to build this foundation, you got to go there, you got to go there, you got to follow this certain pathway. And I think Hemingway (laughs) just, um, I think he opened it in a way. He opened that there is a path. There's multiple paths. But in his way is like, there's multiple paths and there's no real solution because people are just, you know, they're selfish. They're egotistic. And the the question that leads to this is basically, do you think in today's age, in our youth, is that 
they self-express too much that caused them to get lost. Hmm. No, I don't think so. I don't think we self-express too much that we get lost. Okay, maybe, yeah, we do. <laughs> I, I think there's a point where mm-hmm. we have to be grounded in the world and we have to, we have certain tasks that we have to do. Um, we have to be play part in our family, in our community. Mm-hmm. But I think a part of our youth is to really self-express and really find ourselves. So I think that's never something to be wrong about. Yeah. And, like, I, I really like how you said in Hemingway that he really opens up the uh, reality. Like, it, it goes back to reality again, but, like, the, the main character, he's a, he returned from the war, and, like, most other books would talk about how he uses his skills from the war to help him better his community and yeah. a better person and happy. But in the book, it doesn't really happen. And when, when he becomes a writer, he, he doesn't become a very successful writer either. He's still trying to find what he wants to write about, tries to find his purpose. And although that might seem depressing in a way, it really uh, um, actually makes me relate to him a lot. And, yeah. Uh, Definitely, really gives a, a kind of a sense of hope in a way that there, that it's a struggle that everyone has in a, something that it's not out of the ordinary. People are dealing with similar struggles, and um, at the end, he kind of finds a way to, he kind of finds the the purpose in his life, and that encourages me at least to think about that, to think a. Uh, Outside of the box, I guess, from what? Yeah. Other books are talking about. Yeah. It's just, life's just interesting like that. There's not one way to live. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I honestly agree with you with that. I think um, that self-expressive is not the problem. I think the context of it is the the one thing that sparks it all that causes that huge debate right and um i don't know like i don't know what to in a sense like do i like i know in christianity we all have to be a realist because jesus is a realist right he like he gives this like hope but also at the same time like there is some downsides to it right when we make those decisions and I think Hemingway, in a way, just, I don't know, it just makes me want to read the Bible more. I just wanted to prove that, like, those ideas wrong that he, that Hemingway proved. Just, like, in my own ideal, like, I don't want to make that those same mistakes. Because I do believe that there is a solution, which is the Bible, right? And yeah, I feel like definitely. that's the case, right? That's the case probably i think for everyone that wants that's lost right and trying to find sole purpose yeah definitely like um i think the reason why hemingway writes really well about the situation after world war one is because he himself was soldier in world war one and mm-hmm. yeah it would definitely be different if he read the bible or he had the same views as the bible <laughs> he wouldn't be 
she wouldn't have, I think, the same problem in finding the purpose. And, and yeah. the characters in the book, they, they end up, they, they, they try to find this purpose by going, you know, things you do um, back then, like go drinking at the bars or dancing. Yeah. <laughs> or going fishing. Those are the things they do to, I guess, find their purpose and substitute that. Where, where as Christians, we would go to the Bible. Yeah. To find our purpose. We would just go to the Bible and just look to the famous verse, John 3, 16, <laughs> and then put it in the time, yeah. put it on our marks, like tattoo marks, and then like put it in their Instagram bios, like I'm religious guys, John 3, 16. This is my way of self-expressive, yeah. which is, which is super and it's the way to find weird. Hope it's so funny okay. in a way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I, I, I guess you don't sure. have to be like putting it in your Instagram bio and everything or letting everyone know, but as yeah. a source of hope for yourself, I think the Bible is a really good way to find it. I think because it's it really, yeah, it's the, what the purpose of life is. And, mm. and without it, we basically become like Hemingway, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that form. It's like, I remember when I was reading it, I told my friend Kelsey about it and she, and I told her like, is like, she told me one interesting point and she says, she's like, is this the Bible or is this leaning towards the gray area? Is it Bible or gray area? And she's like, uh, Bible. It's like, it's so funny. It's like, and I was like, no, she's like, is it relatable to like, is there any comparisons, like similarities to um, oh. <laughs> the Bible and Hemingway? And she's like, uh, Bible and Hemingway? I guess so. Like, yeah, there's some relatable to it. And I was like telling her, I was like, yeah, there's some relatable to it. And, but I mean, like the Bible is just a whole different other level, you know, Hemingway is just writing yeah. in his own memoirs and his own experiences, which is, that's, that's so a really talented. good point. I, I didn't think of it. I never thought of Hemingway as like it's related to the Bible at all. Yeah, I, I always thought that. I always thought it's like the opposite. But now that you said you said something about realism. Yeah, uh, well, the Bible is basically grounded in realism. And yeah, then that's I learned something new today. <laughs> they both do. They both agree that. All no, my my friends told me that they both agree that the Bible and Hemingway are supporters of realist, right? But the problem with Hemingway yeah. is that Hemingway feels like there's no pathway, like all the solutions are screwed up. There's nothing solution. Yeah. While God is like, in the Bible is like, there is a solution, well, and here's the solution. Well, he has a, well, he has a solution, and and that's where it comes back to to existentialism because yeah, existential beliefs is I guess we've all heard of the word the word like existential crisis right it's like what are we here for so it's like what do we do it's like yeah, what do, we, what do, do we, we do like do we change the house like do we build the foundation again like do we burn it down it's like yeah it's it's those questions like yeah like what is this whole pur like what is this whole purpose like you know like the yeah. the Scientology questions like do you have any purpose in life? Yes or no? Or like <laughs> content? It's like those questions. It's like, yeah. yeah. Like, what is Basically, this in that's, the world? That's, we've, we've all experienced existential, existential crisis. Before. I, I, I 
I bet everyone has. Um, but existentialism, basically, that's what they believe. They think there's no purpose in the world. Like, there's no, um, there's nothing you should really live for. Okay, this is a really general explanation. I don't really have it word for word, but they, I, I can give an example after this, but it's, um, and people like the 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 writers who, I guess the first writers with uh, who support this existential belief are like Hemingway, I think Albert Camus, um, and then it was, um, yeah, I think those are the only two I remember right now. But yeah. What they believe is that there's no definite thing in the world. There, there's nothing really to rely on on this world and you yourself are responsible in making those things mm -hmm. so some someone who's an existentialist would believe that yeah there's no god there's no morals really there's nothing there's no really purpose in life yeah but you yourself are supposed to make that purpose yeah in it's... a way that is not very christian i know it is true in some points that material things aren't very important mm -hmm. a lot of yeah. things that we worry about in life aren't important but there are some things that are definite in life and those things are god and the bible yeah so I that, do, that's do where we that. kind of differ that's where we, we kind of differ from existentialism that's that's the thing it's like it's the difference of like this is what i'm facing right now and i feel like everyone has that like i just want to burn the bridge burn my solid foundation and just screw everything up and just like i'm just gonna <laughs> go hang out with like a couple of friends and just like it's gonna go and just like and just like you know like just like you can do it like in those pyramid scheme you know the pyramid scheme pyramid scheme meeting where the the video was like you could do it you can get lost to be rich is to be rich and it just like yeah. gets the questions like like easy. it's just like <laughs> what is going on here it's like what is up what is up with this like what it's like it doesn't make any sense it's like they're like they tell you to get rich but then in order to be rich you got to be rich it's like like what what is this whole meaning about it's like that purpose and that pyramid scheme which i'm really against like it's so bs in a way because it puts so much i don't know discomfort for some people because they don't have that background i think for some people that are like yeah. i want to be a rich entrepreneur be like bill gates and stuff then yeah like the pyramid scheme would work but <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean but again if, if you think about it the way hemingway would think about it he's like if you become rich so what is that all you live for like when you become rich what really is the the next purpose to your life <laughs> right yeah being rich is just a purpose you've created for yourself but after you achieve that i guess and what you, you have to create another purpose for yourself so there's yeah, not really it's, like, it's basically you're living for yeah it's like you got to build purpose again and then you got to find another purpose yeah. it's just like consuming this way and when reading from like reading from the book and just from jake's perspective and I think like Jake is like me in that position where like mm -hmm. I'm trying to find relatability. Like there is some hope, but then it just took it away because it just doesn't fulfill. 
it's like at the end is like it doesn't fulfill anything and and i feel like it just sets the point of like doom romance in like all those films that have been like in the film they're like oh you got like most people that have been watching they're like you got to have a happy ending and now now it's the opposite everyone's like no you got to have a depressed ending you got to have the couples not being together it's like it's better it's a better film and and i was like what do you think about that is it, do you agree with having more depressing endings or i don't know about that that's the thing i'm just like in the like in my view right now it's like all right i guess the audience doesn't take it so seriously but then when the producers and directors like this is it then i like i fully respected it <laughs> but i, I mean, as a as a part of the audience like, do you think i mean would you like movies to okay i don't know if i'm jumping but i think it would depressing endings be more realistic it does or... it does but in what context because like you know you could have a depressing right. movie which is like so bad like the room for example yeah <laughs> like the room for example is like like tommy and like lisa <laughs> like like dad is just like tommy loves lisa but lisa doesn't love tommy because you know goes for that stupid friend <laughs> that blonde friend <laughs> well that's but, kind of realistic as ridiculous i mean it's kind of i mean it it's kind of realistic though i mean it's kind of yeah. like it said it had that sense of like realism in a way which is like yeah like i guess this is like i remember watching this film with my friend and he was like he was so pessimistic he's like oh yeah this is related to my life getting dumped by six crushes in the dms and i was like and I was like, I was like, dude, you you go yeah. way ahead of yourself. But I was like, it's so true. It's like, dang, it just, you know, it's like, it's so true. <laughs> yeah. That. So, I guess for movies to have depressing endings, quite realistic. I mean, there are happy endings in real life too. Yeah, I mean, there are like the stories where like. I just found this on TikTok actually. It's like the guy's disabled and mm-hmm. and apparently this this maid is like 23 and this old guy who doesn't who barely walks is like 31 or something. And what's so oh. weird is that at the end of the TikTok video it was like, "Oh, that's my professor." And I was like, "Wait, so you married your professor?" And I was like, and I was commenting this in my head. I was like, hold on. So these are the happy endings of the story. I was like, okay, I will buy it. But I mean, I will buy it over Notebook, that Ryan Gosling movie. I will buy it over that. You know, it's, yeah. I mean, that's my view on Doom Romance films. But there are a couple of ones like Jim Carrey. Like, what are your thoughts on Jim Carrey? He's, if not, he's a great actor, if not one of the best. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Is, does he make his own films too? Yeah, he was in Doom Romance films like Internal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind. It's okay. I haven't seen those. Can't really dude, like the dude, the dude in that film was so depressed. Like Jim Carrey, like you just see him like being so depressed. He's like. 
oh, my ex, I broke up with her. I need to get out of this, you know, I need to delete all the memories. And he got, and he deleted it. And that was the whole premise of the film. It was, but also like Jim Carrey, like way before, like his story is really depressing. Like he's a comedian. I don't know what's up with comedians, but they always have that depressing background. I don't want to stereotype this. I don't want to say all comedians are depressing. Like, look at Kevin Hart. Like, he's not depressing. Like, <laughs> he's like, he's not depressing, but <laughs> he doesn't have but, a depressing but, background. But I think, but. I think that's, that's true. Yeah, a lot of comedians surprisingly have depressing backgrounds. And, like, people who are really funny, like, a lot of them, which is really sad, they, like, kill themselves. Like, a lot of famous celebrities mm-hmm. were known for funny. Yeah, and, uh, I do believe. Okay, so I've been watching, uh, I've, well, I've been listening to one of my favorite late night hosts podcasts. Yeah. I think, I think we have the same, I think we, uh, we have the same like favorite, like same favorite late night. Who's it? I, we, I barely like, don't know. <laughs> okay, who's your favorite late night host? I think we talked about this. I'm gonna say Jimmy. I don't know. What? Wait, Trevor Jimmy? Noah. Trevor Noah. My bad. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a late night host. No. Okay. Anyway, my favorite late night host is Conan. Oh yeah, O'Brien. we do. Yeah, yeah. Conan. Conan. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, I can't believe you forgot about. <laughs> I forgot about but anyway, that. But right now it's like podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and something I uh, he was talking about his podcast um, is um about how he got into comedy, basically, and mm-hmm. what most comedians think and what their backgrounds are. And what I really like about his podcast is because he was, he's really real in his podcast as compared to his on his, on his show. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, he's, he's, he's one of the longest running mm-hmm. late night hosts. Yeah. And I mean, did he get kicked out, actually? Like, he only did, like, he he yeah. was the least, and then he went oh, to yeah. do his yeah. own show. Was that was that the yeah, one? Well, technically, he's not a, he's not on. Yeah, that's him. He, technically, he didn't. Yeah, he was um, the host of the late night show. Yeah, the one I think Jimmy Fallon's. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon's doing it now. He used to be the the host of the late night show, mm-hmm. but he got yeah. kicked out from this whole thing with Jay Leno and stuff like that. <laughs> and so now he's on. He's on the Conan show on uh, he's on TBS. Yeah, he did it with TBS, and it's great. I would say. I mean, Conan is great. Yeah, he's he's, he's the goat all the time. Like comedian wise, like I would prefer him in a talk show host yeah, yeah. rather than Jimmy Fallon. Or he's so genuinely funny. Like maybe production wise, like the late night show, like with Jimmy Fallon, would be better. I mean, Conan's better. blowing up. Like Conan is like on that youth movement, you know. He was like, yeah, he's possibly. jumping on it, yeah. which and is not, really cool. Because really, either really way, like the youngest, he know, has another course, platform, right? Like either way, like he has that medium that he could just jump into if this TV deal just runs out. Like he can just become yeah, like on YouTube. Yeah, he can just be like Ron Howard or Joe Rogan in a way, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I think he's still sticking to TV right now. But on his podcast, 
um, I listen to quite a bit. He, he has a he has a lot to to say about things. He he mostly interviews like actors and yeah, he he, the, he did the, the actor stuff. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and one thing he said about um, comedians, I mean, for himself, he said that um, he's always. I mean, the why he he um, became a comedian, I guess, was he actually. Um, I think he went into business before that. He actually went to Harvard. Yeah, he did went to Harvard. And he did went to Harvard Business, and he was like, I remember. I think we can summarize in short that he was depressed and stuff because his dad never see him as a comedian, but now he's like so successful in a way, yeah. which is pretty, yeah. he's also like pretty talented in a way. Like, come on, like, like the acts and the mannerisms is like, dude, it's just it's so just really original. That's just him. It's, That's just it's so, it's like, it's his standup. Like, like even like his coworkers yeah. and stuff, like it doesn't feel it it doesn't feel fake, but it feels like real and genuine. Yeah, it's not scripted at all. And I don't know, like it's just like I don't know, like the background in a sense is like have a terrible upbringing, and you're just like I need to fill this hole for myself. And um, yeah, and, and I remember the police trying to fill us by making other people laugh and it's like the Pinacci, the the I kind of forgot the Minacci, um, the poet. Like no, the the guy to play actor, uh, it's like that um theory where you could perform so many good things and do so many good things in the world, but then you just feel so empty, which is like really weird because you're like I'm trying to find this whole purpose and now it's just, it's just gone, and, <laughs> which is really like cool. What happens to become really rich and really successful? What then? Yeah. What would my purpose be then? It's like, what can it be done? And I don't know, like, I think the question was the f- the last two questions, which I'm going to a- ask is, um, is there any music that tells that story in a way that you're like, it feels something, but also like, yeah, it tells that realist perspective, like perspective in a way. Hmm. Any music I'm listening. Yeah. Um, a lot of the music I'm listening to is just I don't know if it's that deep. Like <laughs> it's it's more of I can think of a few. But most of the music I listen to are just to take me out of the world instead of putting me in back into the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think we <laughs> like all I wanted to music to get away from the stress and, and to put myself in another world. We just wanted the music <laughs> to be this like drug in a way. Like just to get out the sense of reality. I kind of feel yeah. like this, you know, this out like this world, like but I think we I've both actually, okay but yeah. for this for the song that I've I've been listening to that is really like oh hits me with reality. It's actually the song you covered recently, um, by Phoebe Bridges. Yeah, been, Phoebe, Phoebe Bridges is so good. It's like um, yeah, it's really depressing. But it's so depressing. No, because it's really good. What, what, like the story was like I was doing for my Hemingway project, and like my teacher was like um, he was telling me like. 
Um, so do you have a, like a song for a playlist for um, this um, sun also like for this um, Hemingway thing? And yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And and Phoebe Bridges's like latest record, which I think everyone should check it out because I feel like she points that way, like what Hemingway felt where like that dealt like, um, I kind of forgot what the song was from that song. I think it was like the Kyoto where she talks oh, about, yeah. um, yeah. where she talks about, um, getting dumped from his, um, getting dumped from her parents and stuff because of her relationship with her boyfriend and stuff. And like this yeah. music career, that's like, she thinks that it's not going to last long because if it's already fulfilled, like her success, then what she's going to become into, right? Like, that's just, I think the song that points out, like for me, it was like, oh shoot, this is too deep, <laughs> deeper than the rabbit hole. <laughs> I mean, which is... The, the music distracts it from the, from the like meaning of the song too. The music is so uh, like up, it's so upbeat in a way, so catchy, but the lyrics underneath, underneath it are yeah. just as good. I think, yeah, yeah, it's so good. Phoebe Bridges is like goat. I think people should check it out. Maybe yeah. that's like the recommendation list. Um, yeah, um, been listening to Phoebe Bridges, but I think to close it off for this episode in a way, um, I just want to read um, some of my favorite poems, I would say, from the title of the podcast, which is called Along With Youth. Um, by Ernest Hemingway. And he says something like this. Um, a porcupine skin, stiff of bad tanning. It must have ended somewhere. Stuffed horned owl, pompous, yellow-eyed, Chuck Willis widow on a biased twig, suited with dust, piles of old magazines, drawers of boys' letters, and a line of love. They must have ended somewhere. Yesterday's Tribune is gone, along with youth and a canoe that went to pieces of the beach. The year of the big storm, when the hotel burned down at Sydney, Michigan. Which is like, I feel like in that verse, in that like poetry, like he just summarized that. Um, that there is this loss of youth from the parent, like when we get older is like, we might be very conservative in a way. It's like we might turn conservative and like that in a sense, like, Oh shoot, we're just going to blame on the young people. But in a sense, like, I don't think we should blame on the young people. And I feel like we should be more grateful that they're taking, you know, they're taking the step, which is really great that we have the source of being self-expressive and also like, you know, being more real and like being more real and being more genuine and stuff. And it's just, it just hits, you know? It's like Hemingway says, like, an empty space is just so wrong because they're, if it's so wrong because it's so empty, that means the seats are not filled. Like, I feel like people should take that as a, like, as a grasp. But, I mean, what are the ways, I feel like the last question is basically, what are the ways for people to cope um, that they needed some hope in a way, whether you're a Christian or whether you're non-religious or atheist, like what is the hope that 
people should get into. And my advice for that would be just as Hemingway would say, if he were alive, um, he would say, create your own purpose. Even though this world, I mean, if you're, if you don't believe in God, everyone's going to die at the end. There's no purpose in life. Everything, <laughs> everything, everything will be gone. But in the time you have here on this world, um, he would say, create your own purpose. Yeah, he does it, say It that. could be helping others. It could be finding, learning more about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, they would say, create your own purpose. Yeah. Anyways, um, this is so, this is so beautiful. This podcast episode that we just did. Um, anyways, um, thanks Jason for coming by. This is, this is amazing. I think yeah. the, pe- the people are going to love it. So thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, I mean, enjoy your lunch. I would say with that pasta and stuff and <laughs> also like in your first year in uni, so yeah, yeah, I mean, this is it. So <laughs> I, I definitely enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, uh, especially the purpose of life in my first semester. Yeah. Hey, yeah. So thanks. All right. See you. All right. See you. So that was it for episode two of In Conversation. You can follow this podcast for more updates for future episodes and share it with your friends. Anyways, have a blessed day.